everybody, it's Madison. Welcome to our bonus, bonus feature. You know our tagline for Madison on the Air is, no Starbucks, no technology, and no one is PC. Well, up until now, the non-PC stuff that appears in these old-timey radio shows has mostly been sexism, which you know I don't let any of these dudes get away with. When adapting the Green Hornet, this was the first time dealing with the racism in OTR in the character of Cato. Steve Jun, who has played many characters over the year for Madison, voiced the role of our Cato, and he and I decided to continue the conversation. For our bonus feature, Steve sat down to have an open and frank discussion about the struggles and successes of the Asian American community in entertainment with fellow professional creatives, Andy Lowe, Kelvin Han Yi, and Joy Regulano. Enjoy this hour-ish long conversation full of insight and humor. Take it away, Steve! Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Steve Jun from Madison on the Air. If you all would be so kind as to introduce yourselves and give a little bit of a background, that would be amazing. I guess, Kelvin, if you would like to start. Uh, okay. Uh, I am. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm Kelvin Han Yi, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm an actor. Uh, in uh, uh, on, uh, I do a lot of uh, television work and some film work. And, uh, of course, I started uh, in theater. And I, uh, uh, early in my career, I was involved in a lot of Asian-American theater. Um, and in the, the early formulation of sort of the, the, the Asian American voice in, in, in drama, uh, and which later became, uh, you know, uh, Asian American film, uh, yeah, you know, starting with indie films, uh, uh, and, and then to what we have now, and we have Asian American television shows and, and, and things like that. Um, so uh, I, I, I'm not a famous person. I, uh, I, I, I work, uh, I have a, a career, uh, and, uh, I appear, you know, on, on television shows once in a while. Um, but I'm certainly not a household name or anything like that. I'm a, I'm a, a sort of a working guy. That's okay. So glad to have you here. Uh, Joy? Yes. Hi, I'm Joy. I'm a writer and actor currently writing on an unannounced animated show at Disney Plus. Before that, I wrote on an unannounced animated show at dreamworks they're very secretive about animation for some reason um and then before that i wrote in the netflix kids and family show called the healing powers of dude um and then uh i'm also an actor um i had um some random youtube short sketches back in the day um and yeah just random acting gigs and i i guess as far as asian american stuff goes um at uc berkeley i took a few asian american studies classes um, and then I took a slight left and majored in Southeast Asian studies and theater. So lots of theater background as well. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. Andy. Hi, uh, my name is Andy Lowe. I'm the director of production and casting for East West players. Uh, East West players is the longest running theater of color in the nation and the largest professional producer of Asian American theater, uh, in the nation. Now on into our 56th season, I believe. And uh, I am also director, uh, originally from San Diego, where I founded a theater company out there and worked f for a number of companies, um, um, uh, kind of freelance. But I am here in Los Angeles now with all of you all. <laughs> awesome. Amazing. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Uh, essentially, what the thing is, like, I'm not an expert in Asian American history or anything like that. I didn't really know much about this until this discussion and I started looking into it, but it was a very surface level, like first page of the Google search and a dip into Asians in cinema and in Hollywood throughout the years. And so I just want to know what you all thought about it during these times, whether it's like personal insight or personal experiences or anything you've studied yourselves or anything like that. And I guess the best jumping off point would be the inspiration for this episode, which is the Green Hornet, which, you know, uh, contains uh, Kato, which is <laughs> sort of like the hero sidekick of the Green Hornet, which is almost kind of this stereotypical, almost 
like caricature portrayal of an Asian American. And it's not just him. You, we also have our villain, the German Mannheim, who is also this very over-the-top caricature of a person. And I guess the first question is, do we believe that this is a positive portrayal, even though Cato is, by all means, like one of the protagonists? He's like helping the Green Hornet. He's one of the heroes. But is this really a positive portrayal, would you say? Well, I mean... Um... I mean, well, no, <laughs> first of all, uh, but, you know, I mean, it, it is interesting, right? I mean, you look at the kind of the context of the culture, right? Um, this is probably, I don't know what the exact year uh, that the origin of this script was. I'm going to guess like 1920s-ish. Um, if you look at a lot of media at that time, there were a lot of plays and a lot of uh, uh, other stories that were being written where it was kind of just fashionable to have this... Um, this kind of, you know, or, you know, quote unquote, oriental houseboy. And, um, you know, in terms of the, the iconography of that, right. Of, of these, these butlers or, um, you know, um, wait, wait staff who have, um, insight and are also exotic. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you can think of like Auntie Mame, I think had, uh, uh an Asian houseboy, um, even like you think about even just like, uh, who's it like Richie rich or, or, um, um, little orphan Annie also had like, you know, a, a, uh, I think a South Asian, um, um, Butler. I mean, this is just kind of like what was fashionable and exotic and like how, how people defined, um, uh, you know, cosmopolitan lifestyles of the day that you had this kind of exotic presence, um, um, you know, giving, providing your, 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 your hero insight, um, um, but ultimately was subservient. Right. So it's like, you know, there, there is that, um, there is a, just that, that just kind of like that is that that's kind of tells us the, the mindset of the zeitgeist at the time. Right. Uh, I, I'd like to agree with, uh, with Andy and I'd go, I'd like to sort of go a, a step far, farther in, in defining what the trope is. The trope is sidekick. Okay, yeah. and 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 it goes back um, uh, through literature. I mean, I, I I'm thinking of Don Quixote. Um, okay, and um, uh, uh, the people that created uh, Green Hornet um, really did a lot to bring this uh, trope uh, into the. Uh, and I I think that this 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 script is 40s. Am I am, am I correct, uh, Steve? Can you? Uh, yes, the Green yeah, yeah. radio show was from the 1940s, actually. It is 30s, actually. It is 30s where it started. Okay, where it started. But I, I believe in the, in the script that we are talking about, that, that they're even talking about uh, World War II, uh, you know, uh, loose lips sink ships and things like that, right? Uh, I think that they're referring to um, World War, w whether it had started for, for, for America or not, I, I'm not sure. But um, uh, anyway, but what I'm saying is that the, the trope is sidekick and more even more than sidekick, it's brown sidekick. Mm -hmm. And it is uh, absolutely a picture of colonialism. It is right. a picture of, uh, of the, the, the white male hero, um, uh, uh, the white savior. And uh, he is being uh, helped and being empowered by really, and, and uh, by the, you know, what, by, by the labor of the, the noble savage, right? The <laughs> noble savage. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's what it is. And, 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 and to, to, to make matters worse um, within that, that picture and the, that mindset, it is not important that there is authenticity or even, I mean, there is there is a form of humanity given to these characters, but it, 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 it um, um, it is it is still the it is still the expectations or the wants of of the dominant culture, right? Absolutely, absolutely. It is from their perspective, and it has nothing to do. But you know, there's no there's no need for authenticity, and and and. And I just like to put in one thing here is that the, the 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 whole reason why we are talking about this script today is because Bruce Lee in the 1970s 
and 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 I'm 60 years old, so I, I I was alive, so I remember the night that Green Hornet came on the air, and I saw this, okay, and it, it you know, it and it, it it not only changed my life, it, it changed, it changed Asian America, it changed how we were perceived by the entire country, uh, and it and it changed our presence in the media bruce lee did it bruce lee was an amazing person and 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 he uh you know he did a lot of he he community he communicated a lot about uh, martial arts and 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 brought you know i mean he he kind of invented mma uh mixed martial arts if you know through Jeet Kune Do. but he also he also jumped Light years ahead, the 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 representation and the authenticity of of Asians, and particularly Asian Americans. Uh, and I think that you 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 were talking about uh, you know that, that he speaks uh, that that Kato speaks in this a uh, 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 broken English. Uh, in fact, you know uh, uh, Bruce Lee. Uh, speaks in accented English as well, but he's fucking cool, right? When when you hear Bruce <laughs> Lee, because he's being authentic, because he's being himself, and it is something that he had to fight for, and that 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 he had to insist upon. It, he is the reason why martial arts is even brought into the character. Uh, you know, he insisted on bringing his art uh, to to his character. And so I, I'll stop. I'll stop with that. But I, I that is, you know, I, 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 I just want to say that it is the sidekick sort of trope, and that Bruce Lee, that that actor, came in at that time and and broke that trope wide open, and changed things for Asian America, really. So I'll just leave that there. Um, I mean, I guess I can bounce off of that too, right? Because I mean, please do to 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 that point, right? I mean, I don't think the producers ever had intention of of Cato becoming something more than what he was originally, right? Uh, and that kind of brings to point, you know, the importance of not even just authentic representation, but that putting people in these roles that just by force of being there can request or have the agency to say, well, that's not how this doesn't quite make sense. If I say it the way it's written, um, mind if I make an adjustment, right? Or if you're Bruce Lee and you're a cocky son of a bitch, like he was, you just do it. <laughs> right. Right. I guess with that, kind of like, you know, Bruce Lee in, late 60s early 70s how it just kind of blew up this character this force that he was such a personality in and of itself that you start having you know other celebrities in hollywood wanting to be trained by bruce lee his discipline his style his whole thing because before then in hollywood you really only had characters like like charlie chan or fu manchu even you know just these kind of very stereotypical almost like propaganda characters you know i mean i think it's it's it is interesting to me like you know um i i, I find the, the the concept of charlie chan really fascinating right because this is another contemporary image of the same era right um kind of born of these pulp novels uh gets a translation to to radio and from radio to comic books and other kind of pop media right but essentially you have this character that was that was sourced from a real person who was a Hawaiian yeah. Chinese dude, right? Uh, uh, what's his name? Changapana. Changapana. Yeah. Um, a real and, guy. A badass. Yeah. Like who carried a bullwhip. Yeah. And, and not a gun and a, wore, wore a pit helmet and was a, was a cop in, in Hawaii. Uh, and, you know, they, they kind of built this character based on him. And, of course, you know, as he... Uh, evolved into the pulp fiction it was more this kind of you know ancient chinese secret i'm going to use the wisdom of confucius to solve solve crime but it, it, it's it, it is interesting to me that 
he, despite the uh, the stereotypical representation, um, the the yellow face performances, this is still essentially a Chinese American character that is allowed to be the the central hero, and and that is fascinating to me, right? That that you know. Um, and I think about even like, you know, conversations I had with my dad, you know, cause he grew up, you know, he was born in 1930 and, and, and there was a certain sense of, well, no, it's not accurate, but this is still representation. <laughs> so, I mean, my, you know, my, my it, parents, yeah, my dad, yeah. my dad liked it, you yeah. know, because it was the best that they had, uh, uh, you know, back then, at least he was, a, you know, he's a good guy and uh, he's, He's the he's the star of the of the show, uh, you know, and of course what it lacks and the reason why it's so bad is because it lacks authenticity. And 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 going back to, to Bruce Lee, uh, I just got to say that here what, what Bruce Lee brought to the whole thing is he was a good he was a good actor. He was a good artist. He he. <laughs> you know, right? That, that that that's in a, in a quite simple terms. That's what he brings to the game, and all of a sudden, this character explodes and and changes everything. And but it's only because he comes in there and he says, "I'm an artist. I'm. I need to tell the truth. Yeah, I need to tell the truth. Right? And it's because he does that." I mean, actually curious for you, Joy, I mean, you're a writer and you're working on a number of shows that are not necessarily Asian American at the heart of them. But I mean, I know you've managed to kind of, you know, work on projects that manage to, in small, subtle ways, do some of this corrective work. I mean, you're, I mean, do you have any kind of perspective on, on, on this and what we're talking about, like the, the, the baby steps that we as artists make? Yeah, yeah, to no, totally. You know, it was funny um, because when Steve first asked the question, is this bad? Like, honestly, I don't, I think I was like expecting the worst representation. Like, because <laughs> I had, um, I've I had studied the Green Hornet like briefly in college, I think. And I remembered studying, I think, Kato, but then they pronounce it Kato. But anyway, yeah, I think I remember like reading about him in college, but it had been a long time. So yeah, I was like, literally, I was expecting like, um, uh, 16 candles level. So, at, you know, maybe because my um, level of like expectations were so low, I was like, oh, this actually isn't bad. I mean, it, it was not great, of course. But I mean, of <laughs> course, <laughs> I mean, um, my, my expectations were like rock bottom. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I love all, the, all you're talking about. Like, there is only so much like humanity you can give a character as a writer when you're uh, writing them from the outside, especially if you've never talked to anybody who had that family or has that heritage or that upbringing. Like, I think Kelvin was speaking to that of like, and that's why Bruce Lee is able to bring so much because he has a deep well uh, of a life, you know? Whereas like, if you're writing um, Cato um, and you've never met somebody of that heritage or you only know one person and you've never asked them what their life is, like, yeah, it's, it's going to feel extremely shallow and limited. Um, so. Uh, yeah, it, it's been the baby steps of it, I guess, is um, is that, yeah, I, I've written on some shows um, where it's like the show I'm on right now doesn't even have human characters, but we found ways <laughs> to like um, have uh, we give them names that like they actually have like um, human. I can't wait until it's announced so I don't have to be so weird about it. But um, <laughs> but yeah, we give them like human names and some, some they're allowed to have like um, names that are like of a heritage, you know, so I, I've had like I've enjoyed being able to choose names that are like specifically sound like they're from somewhere, you know, or like that their parents are from, from India or from, you know, from some Latinx place or something like that. So that's been nice to have that cultural specificity. Now that's, um, and, that's, yeah. that's interesting in the context, of course, like Cato isn't an actual name, right? It's a, it's a yeah. sound that yeah. some <laughs> white writer said, Oh, that sounds Oriental. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even like the, even the character of Sulu, right? Like even, you know, like even Gene Roddenberry has admitted that like, yeah, I came up with this name Sulu because it sounds a little bit Japanese and a little Chinese. So that way he can represent everyone, which, you know, in his mind in that era is trying to be pro uh, progressive, 
you know, and of course it fails in many other ways. From right. at, at, at least it's at least it's not as bad as Hop Sing, right? Yeah. Hop yeah. Sing on Bonanza, I think it was right. <laughs> you right. Hop, hop, and sing. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, thank you. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny you talk about the that because. We, I think in some ways we think that's progressive today, right? To mash them all together. Like, um, you know, I, I don't want to throw any shade because God knows Asian Americans, we tear each other down enough. But, you know, <laughs> Raya, Raya yeah. and the Last Dragon or Raya, right. like that was like, uh, here, this is a made up Southeast Asian country. We're going to mash all these cultures together. Like, it's a movie that will unite us all. And it's like, did it? As a Southeast Asian, like I, you know, I, you know, yeah, I, again, I'm so glad it exists and I don't want to tear us down. But, you know, I don't, I don't think that was necessarily like I feel resentful. I'm like, how come Encanto got a movie where it's like about Colombia, like this one specific country, but then Asians, we have to have one movie that we all share. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's just collectively Asian, and that we're not Asian X. <laughs> we're not Asian X, huh? Okay. All right. Okay. I'm an old guy. I I, I got to keep up with all the new. Okay, so not Asian X. Okay. <laughs> no, unfortunately. But that does bring an interesting point where, like, it seems that Asian stories are just kind of compiled into just a kind of a wide banner of Asian. Like, you had, and it's not to say that there was any lack of it back then. Like, you had even actors back in, like, the silent film era, like Sesui Hayakawa, who, you know, was started off during the silent film era, got into the talkies, but then his career tanked during World War II from anti-Japanese prejudice, but got a revival in, ironically, acting in World War II-themed films, which culminated in a nomination for the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor on Bridge on the River Kwai. I don't know, there's something to that irony of the fact that he lost a lot of work because of the war, but specifically the war-themed films is what brought his career back also. Yeah, you know, uh, I, folks, I, I got to say that I think that there's a difference between um, representing uh, cultures, d d different cultures, uh, truthfully and specifically, and representing Asian America. That is a different, th that is a different culture. That is a whole separate culture. And uh, uh, much of my career and much of my work is uh, the characters that I tend to do on television are uh, an exploration of uh, the Asian American man who who is uh, woven tightly into the fabric of of American culture and American life. Um, I, I, I'm I, sometimes I play foreigners, but I, I'm not. I'm best at playing Asian Americans because it, it's my truth. And, and, and I also think it's an important culture to, to play and, and, and to give voice to. Okay. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, there's a whole discussion being made about these uh, Olympians, these Asian American Olympians, yeah. some of whom ha are now uh, uh, representing China and uh, 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 China is uh, delighted with uh, some of that. Uh, and then uh, uh, some are uh, claiming their Asian Americanness, if I'm not mistaken. They are uh, standing up proudly as Asian American. And, um, I, well, the Chinese hate that. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but, 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 but I. I have to love it because I, 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 I think that there is Asian America. And, and, and I know that some people are kind of against that term now or the hyphen or whatever, you know, you know, or against that term. But, you know, there is something to it. There is an Asian American culture. And I think that it's important. It has a history. And as a culture, it is a fusion culture. Um, that, that that is an important part of of, of America, you know, and, and maybe the most important part, you know. Yes, definitely. I mean, I, I think that you know it, it is it's it's tricky, right? And and um, you know, I know for us at East West Players, right, there are there are works where we 
I would say every time we cast a piece, we have to kind of walk this balance and make certain decisions. And we talk about this with each director, right? Where it's like, if it is a Vietnamese American playwright and the characters are Vietnamese, should we make great efforts to try and cast Vietnamese actors? Or do we feel that the playwright has intended this story about Vietnamese American characters as an Asian American story? And therefore, does that open the door for a Korean American actor or a Japanese American actor to play this Vietnamese uh, American role? And and it's it is a real tricky kind of case by case basis where 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 we 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 you know um, I mean I it's think such an important question to ask. It, and it, it is, is such an important yeah, and and it's such an important decision and choice to make it it, 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 it really and it's is. not easy because i mean there on one hand there is there is the issue of representation and just like you know the opportunity for asian americans to act i mean you know e- even for us Spe- specific asian americans to act yeah especially right right when when when, when these opportunities come up in, in 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 culturally specific plays right well, well and you know and it's also the thing where like east Coast players will do like four shows a year that that is maybe about you know 25 to 30 roles and you know and i know there are a lot of people out there that are like you know yeah. auditioning for east west players for 20 30 years i still haven't made it in and it's like and i and i watch them come in and i'm like you got you're amazing please come back don't don't give up um there will be a role for you eventually but it might take some time because we only have four plays a year um and uh, uh, that's always like, that's like the inner turmoil I, I always deal with, right? Um, but it is a, a thing where it's like, yeah, it's like, what are we, you know, in which cases are we serving the, the artist community? In which situations are we serving the, uh, the, 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 the community of, of, the, of the, um, the story told? Yeah, it's, it's so, that's such a great question, like what Kelvin is saying. Um, you know, I think one, one example of like, it's so nuanced too, is like, Amy Hill um, is on was on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend as like the Filipino mom, um, and she's I think she's you know half Japanese and half white I think, yeah. um, but you know like she's just she you know she, she I like, believe she is good. not Filipino at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, that, yeah. Um, yeah, and like um, and but I mean, I, I, me as a Filipino, honestly, I wasn't offended at all. A because it's like Amy Hill's so respected, like a pillar of the community, been around a long time, and um, when there weren't that many other Filipino actors like she she has done this for many years and she's gotten good at it like she learned how to do the accent and like so for me like I was like not angry about it at all I'm like this is great she's done the work and she has the resume she's good at it great like 100% yes um but you know if it was somebody else that like didn't nail the accent or you know hasn't been around that long or you know whatever like maybe I would feel differently um and 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 for me too for me as an actor too I'm like oh, well, of course I'd want to be in Miss Saigon, even though I'm not Vietnamese, and even though that show is problematic. But then me as a writer, like, <laughs> you know, I have a musical that I wrote about me and about being Filipino, and would would I want to cast somebody who is not Filipino? Um, I don't think so. So, I mean, I think it's, like, from all angles, it's, like, this weird subject. That's such a good point, Joy. And um, uh, can I just say, as an actor, um, and, you know, I, I came up with Amy Hill. I've known Amy since I was a teenager. And I said before, I, I, I'm 60 now. But, but uh, uh, as an artist, as an actor, as an Asian American actor, as an actor who portrays people with Asian faces, um, I think it's very important for us to immerse ourselves in Asian America and in um, our shared cultures and all of that so that we can get as close to other Asian Americans as we can get portraying foreigners portraying somebody of a different nationality. That's a, that, that, that's a sort of a different thing, but uh, uh, joy is making the point of, of Amy Hill, who is a quintessential Asian American uh, and who has a deep, deep well of experience and sharing in in asian america i i came up with her i know you know we we uh, uh those of us at asian american theater company in san francisco um were very very we we, we crossed into uh, and shared all of our 
our different Asian American cultures. Well, I mean, I think also for for those of us of a certain age, myself included, um, I mean, you know, I I feel like it it was funny because I know that amongst my company in San Diego, you know, we, we would coach each other because we knew that, you know, the the one Chinatown episode or the one Yakuza episode was going to be coming up and shot in San Diego, you know, every year. And, um, and it was a matter of, you know, we are going to be called to represent someone else's community or culture. Uh, yeah. And we want to do it right because, you know, there, we know there's only a few of us. Right. So it's like, yeah. So, I mean, in my, in my acting time, um, you know, I, I already knew I could do a Canto accent. My Mandarin accent was crap. Um, I could I could do a, a Japanese accent. My Korean was crap. I could do a Filipino accent. So I was like, I was ready with my, you know, with my Japanese, my, my, my but uh, uh, my Cantonese, you yes. know, my Filipino. Yes. Um, but uh, uh, but if they asked me to do language, then I was like, I really need a, 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 a you know, a language coach. If I actually have to say words, uh, if it's just accented, then I can, you know. Uh, uh, you know, work work my way through it, but you know, good for you. You know, uh, you know what what he is saying, my brother, is that is that as artists, our community is very very important for our art. It is our, it's where we get our ammo, mm-hmm. right? It's where we get, our, it's where we get what we play. Right. And so, so, uh, so uh, let's just remember that our community is very important to our art, to, to what we are bringing to the table. And, and it is very important for us to stay connected with each other, you know, and, 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 and to have experiences like what, you know, Andy just, uh, uh, talked about that, that we can share. And that we can break bread together and eat our food together and 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 learn to speak our languages together, you know. I mean, I've even actually heard uh, Don McGuilly, who uh, teaches some of our intro to acting classes here at East West, you know, and he was around since the Mako days, and he, you know, he even talks about, you know, uh, you know, Mako would do these summer intensives. And where it's like, okay, all the ladies are going to learn a little bit of Japanese fan dance. All the ladies yeah. are going to learn a little bit of Chinese ribbon dance because someone's going to ask you to do it, and you better be able to represent on behalf of these other communities. Uh, you know, every Asian dude is going to have to learn a little bit of martial arts, right? Just so we can, you know, fake our way through it because that, you know, um, 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 that's that becomes part of the craft, right? I mean, why aren't we doing that now? It's true. It's true. I mean, I think some what? people do. Mako was doing that back then. Why yeah. are we doing that now? <laughs> <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> I guess that does bring up an interesting point that you know that us as a collective Asian American community that we end up having to represent other Asian American communities and like you know the sub communities and so on. But I find it always interesting, mostly through Hollywood, that a lot of the stories that tend to come out when you see, like, like Andy said, it usually just ends up being like the one Chinatown episode, the one Yakuza episode, like everything that Hollywood likes to put out usually ends up just being boiled down to just a very like plain, nice, easy labeled. Like, this is just that, this is just that one episode. I guess the question I want to ask is how, how long or when did you first really experience like an audition or a casting or something that really spoke to you as an Asian American, not just like, Oh, this is just the one episode, the one guest spot, but really like, Oh, this project is for me an Asian American here in America. I don't know about the first project, but maybe the first TV project where I really felt seen. Cause I had auditioned for like, a lot of general Asians, or I was the Asian choice for like a quirky side character. Um, like I brought up Crazy Ex-Girlfriend because, uh, you know, humble brag. I was on one episode and I had one line. Um, but yeah, I got to read for um, a character who was written as Filipino in the script. Um, and and so I was, I, it was so cool. It was like the first moment where I was actually called for a network thing to be. And, and, I, and uh, 
yeah, so that was the first maybe TV thing that I really felt like this is awesome. I think for me, uh, uh, you know, I, I came up in uh, Asian American theater, and the first film I made in 1985 was uh, A Great Wall. Um, uh, it was the first a a American film shot in the People's Republic of China, and I played a character who is uh, an Asian American um, uh, young young man, and um, he's the whole uh, the, the whole reason why my the whole theme of my character is showing the difference between an Asian American kid and uh, and a, a kid born in the People's Republic of China, uh, and this was uh, a shot in 1985, and so. You know, I think so, I was. I've been lucky enough that 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 my early work was defining Asian American people. I uh, one of the first plays I did was FOB uh, uh, with David Henry Wong's uh, play. Uh, uh, I did the 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 uh, the, Cal the San Francisco premiere of that uh, play, and you know, uh, uh, plays of uh, Philip Congotanda's plays. Uh, which define um, Asian America uh, and, and some some of those plays for the first time uh, defining um, Asian America. Um, and um, uh, if you're talking about in mainstream television and like that, um, I think I'm, I, I begin to to see a, a very interesting change in that I, I, I am now I, I, I book work, I book characters that don't have Asian names. In, in other words, uh, uh, now I, I am starting to, uh, because casting directors can't say no to me, because that would be racist, uh, uh, my people start to send me out to characters that are not race-specific at all. Uh, and, and, you know, they're, they're written for a, uh, just a it's just a person, and um, uh, I start to. I'm starting to book these, and 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 there's quite a number of. If you look at my resume, there's quite a number of characters that do not have a, a Asian last names at all, and they weren't written as a Asian people, and um, so it puts an Asian American in this sort of um, non-racialized place. He's just he's your neighbor. He's your He's a first responder. He's uh, he's a guy that you do business with, whatever it is. So um, that, that that's sort of my history with uh, portraying Asian Americans. Uh, you know, okay. So so my kind of first. Well, okay. Well, first of all, I remember seeing Kelvin in a Great Wall, and that was that was a huge like crazy thing to see. Like you're not even that old. You weren't even born then. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> But, um, you know, I mean, here's the thing. I, I, um, so I stopped acting around 2002. Um, and that was kind of the point where, you know, I mean, I was already kind of directing and acting and, and, you know, doing various things. Uh, but that was kind of the point where at that, at that point in time, I remember just kind of feeling like the industry was so limited that, that was the point when I was about to age out of being able to be, you know, uh, a young punk, um, you know, uh, triad enforcer. And that was my bread and butter. Right. So at that time it was just kind of like, okay, so I, this is when it cuts off and, and there will be nothing left for me until I hit my forties, uh, when I can be like the, you know, the, the triad leader or the Yakuza leader or, or, the, or the guy in the park doing Tai Chi. And, 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 and so, that, so like there was a part of me that was like, okay, um, maybe I'll come back to acting in my forties if I, you know, don't quite fall in love with directing, which I did, but, you know, but it was also the thing where, um, I had been a writer, I had been an actor, uh, I had, you know, uh, directed a lot of stuff for my company and, and, and I, and I definitely just kind of felt like, you know, the, there, there, there was all, always this, this stuff where it was like, we, we need more writers. We need Asian American writers to write our stories. And, and I kept, you know, as an artistic director of my company, I kept reading all these plays and going, oh, there are, there are a lot of writers. There are writers from the seventies and eighties, you know, like, like Phil Kankatanda and, and, and David Henry Wong and, you know, uh, Villena Hasa Houston, Wakako, Wakako Yamauchi, um, um, you know, tons of writers that are better storytellers than I am. And at which point I'm like, but 
but none of these plays are getting second runs. They get their world premiere and, and then the white theater gets the grant money for doing a world premiere. And then you never see these plays again. There are these classics of Asian American theater that people have never seen a production of um, because, you know, there's no grant money in second run plays. So, so that was kind of where I was like, you know, we, the, the, the niche where there is need are directors who will lobby for this work, who will pitch this work, who will, will champion this work. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of where I, I, I saw myself kind of fitting in, um, um, the most, uh, or, or, or how I could fulfill a need that wasn't already um, filled with so much, so many other talented folks. Um, um, in, in terms of, um, I think, I think, did we go on a tangent? What, what was the original question? <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, when did you first really feel represented? I'm sorry, like, I did totally go off on yes, a crazy right. Like, this was what really hit an Asian American experience. Right, sorry. So, okay, so so that's that's an interesting thing, too, is that I had the, um, I had the, 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 you know, the very, the luck that, you know, while while Kelvin was premiering FOB up in, in the Bay Area, my sister was premiering FOB in San Diego for Pacific Asian Actors Ensemble, which was the company that was in San Diego from 1977 to 1983 and representing Asian Americans and doing Asian American work. So, so I had also kind of grown up knowing that some of these plays existed. Um, and then, of course, you know, in that, that whole era after they, they stopped doing... Um, productions um until you know my era in the 90s uh there was a dearth there was a dearth of representation um and um what i discovered was a lot of chicano theater actually ironically enough um i became um you know very immersed in a lot of like the works of luis valdez and josefina lopez and um um you know uh you, you know so, some of the um uh, kind of the, the the theater of the oppressed and, and uh, theater you know pr- protest theater of Teatro de Campesino, and I saw actively the the power of like the some of the work that like the culture clash guys were doing, where you were able to completely subvert stereotypes and um, kind of the the slander of our the the institutionalized slander of our uh, of our kind of overall American culture, and um, that was. Uh, mind-blowing to me and, and it was kind of a thing where i'm seeing these uh chicano artists and and latino artists who are doing this amazing work and i'm like i'm not seeing this in san diego for asian americans and uh and so that was kind of um the interesting kind of roundabout way that i came back to asian american theater by way of chicano theater ah, i see that's oh that's like really interesting how it just kind of circles back it's a very community based thing especially in you know in with minorities because more often not it and it unfortunately still happens in hollywood you do get a lot of whitewashing especially in casting and in roles and so i feel more often not a lot of the time a lot of people like you said have to just write their own stuff like they can't rely on hollywood anymore to to write these stories they have to write their own stories because Hollywood just isn't doing it for them anymore or never really in the first place. Well, and of course, as you know, we are starting to get better about it. It's all, it's, it's even more importantly, the producers and the financiers, right? I mean, this is like what the whole gold open movement has kind of really managed to weaponize quite nicely, right? Is that what is the buying power of an Asian American audience that can prove the viability of this market, right? Definitely. And it brings me to my next point, which is kind of this growing interest in Asian culture. You kind of had it back in the day, maybe like around the 60s when anime first started being like dubbed and crossed over with Astro Boy and Speed Racer until anime really boomed in the late 90s, early 2000s with stuff like Sailor Moon, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z. Then also you had uh, certain... Films and things just kind of what the industry likes to think is just coming out of nowhere, even though Asian cinema in Asia has been a very long, has a very long history. It's been a very well-established thing. You have stuff like Spirited Away winning the Oscar in 2002 or Parasite or even like Squid Game that has just blown up 
in recent years. So I just want to think like, what do you think contributes to this kind of growing interest in Asian culture and Asian media that's being crossed over internationally? (laughs) (laughs) I know, like for us, maybe it's like for us, it's like, I don't know, like, why haven't people always been interested? Like, like, I have a resentment about that. (laughs) Why just now? (laughs) Why not before? Right, but it's not to say there was a lack of it, because for a while, and I think it's, well, it's still happening, there has been, like, essentially, like, Hollywood remakes of Asian medias, and, you know, kind of like how we had had kind of boom string of remakes of Japanese horror films, or even... How we have Infernal Affairs got remade as um what what you call it um oh gosh what was that the name of that movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and um, I know what yeah <laughs> well you know to um to Andy's point from earlier I think you'd made this point about like financiers and producers and stuff like maybe like one little inflection point has been crazy rich Asians smash it at the box office. So it's like, even though Asians know we have a lot of money and like to go see movies, like, Oh, like Hollywood didn't believe that. And so until they saw crazy rich Asians and those box office numbers, and then maybe the powers that be the deep pocketbooks were then willing to like, um, go invest more money in these, in these properties and things perhaps. I mean, you know, I, I think actually, you know, you, you, you kind of hit, a certain nail on the head, uh, Steve, when you were talking about like anime, right? Uh, I find it really, you know, so this is the funny thing. I, I went back to college back in 2009, um, you know, thinking, okay, maybe I'll finish the degree, fi- the degree finally one of these days, you know? Uh, but, um, and I ended up taking a, a ethnic studies class. And, you know, of course, when, when the, the teacher gets to Asian American representation, you know, she starts talking about, you know, okay, what are the stereotypes of, you know, um, it, how Asian Americans are kind of attached to nerd culture and, you know, uh, how anime is, um, is, is, and manga has, has like isolated Asian Americans, whatever like that. And, and I looked around and I realized something, you know, I, I was much older at that time and older than almost everyone else in that class. And honestly, I was like, Oh wait, I'm the same age range as my professor in this class. So she and I still are operating on, you know, 1990s level um, uh, stereotypes and stigmas. Like, you know, if I, you know, talked about Robotech with anyone else who I didn't know, you know, I would, you know, get beat up or whatever like that, right? Um, back in our in, in our day. But the kids that were in the class around me had grown up with Toonami. They, you know, they grew up with Yu-Gi-Oh! And, you know, like, like you know, Power Rangers and stuff. So there was this whole J-pop, in, you know, an in, in Asian pop culture thing that was completely normalized for that generation, you know, based on my niece's uh, generation of kids. And so that was like, you know, in the middle of the lecture, I'm like, I'm challenging her. It's like, this is this doesn't necessarily apply anymore because you know this generation is acculturated in ways that our our generation was not and you know it's it is again you know baby steps it's 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 you know little by little but i mean th- i mean i think that is part of what we're seeing now the shift in market has a lot to to do with you know i mean as cheesy as the Power Rangers were with the Red Ranger being played by a guy with, you know, Native American heritage and the Black Ranger was the Mastodon and, you know, the Yellow Ranger was the Asian person saying Sabretooth Tiger, right? But, but I mean, ultimately, it still sent the, message, the progressive message that my nieces grew up with that told them there was no reason why these, uh, these influences should not be part of their zeitgeist. And, um, and I think that is a surprising, um, 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 you know, bit of pavement of foundation for, you know, where we are now with, with, uh, crazy rich Asians and like this new current boom. I, I, I will say that I still feel paranoid and, and, um, tenuous, right? Because I still remember the boom of Asian American content in the nineties where like for some crazy reason you know within about six months you had the joy luck club you had mulan animated feature you had dragon the bruce lee story you had 
Russell Wong on Vanishing Sun on syndicated television. You had Tia Carrera was was headlining a, a, a show, and then suddenly it was all gone. It just it all disappeared, and and Hollywood decided it was a fad. So I mean, so you know, I look at it like now it's like it could it can all disappear. So we have to leverage this what we have now well in in order to maintain it because because they will they will take it away. <laughs> right, I totally get what you mean, and that that hopefully is not a fad, and that. You know that right now it's trendy to be diverse or whatever, and that hopefully soon that you know it's just what it is because、yeah. Asian America is still America. Yeah, you know it's not some weird niche kind of topic or anything like that. It's a fundamental part of the experience. Well, and I think that's also how you know. I mean, I, I think the, the the thing that I find most most fascinating now is is how writers are. Are finding new ways to, you, you know, it's like you you look at kind of the、um, the 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 kind of stories told in Asian American theater, you know, nineteen sixties and seventies. There was still a lot of like, you know, am I American? Am I Asian? Oh, my parents are so rough, and you know, or you know, or or there's like you know, a whole slew of Japanese internment camp plays that you know that were very big in the eighties, and you know, but. There is this this generation of playwrights now that, interestingly enough, you can tell they 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 were able to study that foundation of playwrights from the seventies, eighties, you know, sixties, and so forth, and are experimenting with in, ex- intersectionality in ways that we haven't seen before. Where it's like the 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 identity stuff is not. The core of the play. I mean, kind of to, to what Kelvin was talking about, even just in the roles that are popping up now, where it's like, you know,、uh, this is a play about queerness, and the characters are Asian American, you know, or this is a play about,、um, you know, uh, uh, you know, intergener, you know, generational trauma, but and the characters happen to be Asian American, right?、Um, um, it's not necessarily. It is. It is both specific and and.、Um, And not、um, isolated、um, in, in the way that that、uh, work has been in the past. It, it's it's fascinating. We could certainly talk about a lot more things, and and our playwrights are exploring、uh, different genres.、Uh, you know, I've been seeing Asian American horror uh, genre uh, being. I've just been seeing a lot of that recently, and 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 other things as well. Um, you know, and uh, you, you know, uh, Asian America is uh, uh, is having a significant. Well, we have a presence on on television. You know,、uh, there's a, a number of series、uh, now that are、um, featuring you know、uh, a- a- Asian American stories, kung fu and.、Uh, I'm 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 going to be、uh, I'm involved with uh, uh, a Netflix uh, thing coming up. Uh, uh, it's called Partner Track uh, and uh, based on Helen Wan's uh, uh, novel of the same um,、uh, of the same name,、um, and、uh, that's going to be out in maybe in March or something like that. Partner Track,、um, Arden Cho is starring in that,、uh, and、uh, and maybe some somebody else can. Remind me of some of the other. Th- there are some other.、Um, Warriors, another really good one. Yeah,、um, uh, yeah, yeah. What, what, what are some? Of the, there's some sitcoms too that have. I mean, th- that's the other interesting thing too.、Um, you know,、uh, I'm kind of joy talking about some of the stuff that is happening with the the shows that she's working on. But yeah, again, characters that were not necessarily conceived around their ethnic I- identity, but when they cast the actor, the actor is then allowed. Some agency to self-define, right? Um, um, like, uh, or even like, you know, Reggie Lee, when he was cast in、um, Supernatural, was it Supernatural? No. What was the show that Grim? I think was it Grim? Grim. It was Grim, and he was cast as a sheriff that was not written、um, as a Filipino character. Um, but ultimately, as time went on, he was able to talk to the writers, and 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 they wrote. For him, to、um, you know, to the point that they actually introduced an Aswang in a, in one of the episodes, and kind of introduced some of that、uh, Filipino、um, mythology into Grimm's mythology. 
that's too cool. Yes, definitely. So I kind of want to just, as we're kind of starting to finish up here, I just kind of want to touch into like where you all think Hollywood is headed now. Because it, it definitely has its moments in the past. Um, are, or a lot of them are not so great, but we're kind of still working, still working on, you know, trying to up the visibility on this Asian American experience and even just Asians in the industry in general. So I want to know what your thoughts on what your thoughts are on like where it's headed in this direction. I know we're kind of on this, this like kind of trendy rise right now. I want to know like if you think it's something that will last or it will evolve into something else or if it will just. I, I mean, I, I kind of feel like the, the, you know, there are two things here that are the most important things to, to me, at least anyways, is that um, that a these projects that have come up in the last few years have created doorways for people on the executive level um, and on the decision making level to get into places that they can hold a foothold and secondly that um intersectionality um continues to become a focus right because it is still the thing where you know uh uh a lot of the issues in terms of i mean even like this issue now where uh the asian american community is seeing itself very much under attack due to hysteria um around you know covid19 and of course all all of the connections with asian communities and disease that go back to the 1800s somehow are fresh and new again right and um it still comes down to how do we keep uh our various communities from being pitted against one another and a lot of that has to do with the stories that we tell and the mythology we build in our culture around intersectionality of of you know asian american families telling their story yes Telling the story of how the Asian American family, uh, you know, um, was redlined into an African American neighborhood, and became part of that community, and 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 even adopted, you know, elements of culture in order to survive within in that community. That's important, right? Um, um, uh, so same thing with you know, I mean, uh, I mean, all of us. I mean, Asian America is intersectionality, right? Um, um, that's why it's not, that's, that's, that's why ultimately like people in China right now are really big on slandering anything Asian American. They were slamming Shang-Chi. They were slamming Nathan Chen. They were slamming Chloe Zhao because ultimately their narrative is that Chinese in China is the only, only like recipe for success. And that if you are a Chinese person anywhere else in the world, you must be you. The fact that you left China means, well, you must be a reject of some sort, right? That is their narrative that keeps their people, <laughs> you know, self self sustaining, um, um, and and that's the narrative that I mean, the, the the new strange narrative that we are ultimately going to be fighting against, right? And that comes with kind of solidarity with our other American communities. Steve, can I can I just sort of speak to? Uh, uh, the, the, your 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 statement about uh, where we're at uh, right now, and you know, I I've been doing uh, I've been an artist for thirty forty years, and um, I have never seen a time when there is so much opportunity uh, for us uh, and for us to tell stories of any kind. What has happened in in streaming? And on, on, you know, the storytelling power and opportunity is television streaming. Uh, it's 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 on the screens. Um, there is so much content that is needed, and there is so much. There's so many holes to be filled. There is so much content to be filled, and um, I just think that the opportunity to tell whatever story you want to tell is 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 right now, and. Um, Certain people are, are are taking those opportunities, and um, that I'll, I'll leave it at that. That's where I think we're at right now. Yeah, yeah, I feel I feel optimistic as well. Like I think, I mean, just the fact that I'm I'm in a you know animated writers room. I, you know, when I was um, when I was in college and in my internship, 
um, at an animation studio, like all three of the writers and the EP um, were all white guys, you know? And so the fact that I'm in a writer's room feels nice. The fact that so many of my friends who are POCs and um, they're staffed. And um, so, you know, that's speaking to behind the scenes uh, or, you know, behind the, behind the camera a little bit. And then, um, and as an actor too, like the fact that my experience was like, I actually like um, didn't have the experience where I auditioned for like a lot of, I, I don't think I hardly ever auditioned um, when I first started out or even now for characters that have accents. Um, it's like pretty rare actually. So like I, even that experience feels different from maybe somebody who is coming up, you know, 10 years before me or something. Um, and, and of course, you know, with Shang-Chi and crazy rich Asians and stuff, it does feel like, there is like there is now a belief that Asian stuff can make money, um, which I do have a resentment. Why did it take that? But you know, um, but like and like Andy said, you know, it could. Who knows what'll happen? But I, I feel generally optimistic. And and you know, the more of us that are entrenched, you know, because it takes time, right, to like replace the old power structures. Because yes, I've been in writers' rooms, and um, me and the other women slash women of color were the lower level writers, right. Um, and the, the head writers are still white or the EP is still white or whatever. So, you know, it takes time, I think, to like move into the higher power structures and even to have a development, like, development execs and um, like series execs and stuff. Like I am slowly seeing more people of color, but I think it takes time for that to trickle up. Um, but I see it happening. So I feel over, generally optimistic. Well, you know, and, and I just want to bounce off of some of both of what you guys are saying too, right? Is that, you know, the reminder that, you know, Asian American stories are American stories. Asian American stories are queer stories, are stories about women, are stories about African Americans, because we often get a lot of narratives about mixed race that are still on this Asian white paradigm. Um, they are stories about Latinx. And, and you know, I mean, you know, th there is so much intersectionality and uh, uh, you know specificity and diversity to still be um, explored and and I think that is you know that specificity I think I said that wrong that, that you know that that is going to be what makes this stick and what makes it honest speaking to joy's uh, comment about uh, people in the upper echelons of of power in um uh, in Hollywood, um, just just want to make a point that both Kung Fu and um, and Partner Track are uh, the showrunners are Asian American women, and uh, they are doing they are also doing the writing uh, as well. Asian Americans in the writing room uh, as well. Just want to make that point. And so, oh yeah, so no, that's a good things point are changing. Sure. Yeah, things are. It, it, yeah, I mean, I, I'm agreeing with everything that you said, uh, Joy, and and I'm just adding to that and saying that, uh, you know, uh, we're starting to crack it. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Like t cleaning lady has like a Asian female showrunner for sure. There's yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And like Deb, Deb Chow, who is heading up the, the, um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, you know, is Asian American. Um, you know, even even that you can see the 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 touches that Tamara Morrison leading up the Boba Fett series have uh, affected this this fantasy science fiction world, where you can see little touches of his indigenous roots as as a Maori man, um, kind of affecting and 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 um, influencing how they tell the stories of Tuscan Raiders as as indigenous peoples of tattoo of the planet Tatooine, right? Uh, uh, it is fascinating and kind of amazing that uh, that we have this platform and, and can use, you know, these platforms in the way that we are able to now. Yes, definitely. I think ever since, you know, the advent of the Internet and this accessibility to like other stories and to also be able to present these stories to a much wider audience to the general public. Yeah, we have, uh, I, I, you know, as I said, I'm an old man and I just, I, I, you know, it just blows my mind that, you know, the, the, the kind of access that we can have now to mass media, to mainstream media. Um, you know, look, I, I, it's, it's still not enough. It's still not where it should be. But, uh, you know, 
I'm seeing opportunity uh, now that I that I'd never seen in in my entire career in my entire life. Um, you know, I uh, uh, you know I've been doing this for a long time, and I'm 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 certainly not famous, and I, there just weren't opportunities uh, uh, in you know for most of my career. You know, there just weren't opportunities out there for me to uh, excel and 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 get big. Um, you know, uh, but I'm seeing so much opportunity for storytelling now, uh, especially as, as I said before on, you know, on, on the small screen on streaming and on. And, and, and of course, you know, I mean, where, the, where this comes down to, and of course I think, you know, a lot of maybe your listeners and other audience members are there. It's like, well, you know, well, where I'm not necessarily creative. How can I do my part? How can I help? It's engaged in this media. Right. I mean, and particularly on yeah. the grassroots level, yeah. you know, like go see joy's play. It is hysterical. Um, 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 oh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a fan of joy's and I've been watching her, her grow and, you know, and yeah, so go find, just find joy's play. Go, go, go see a show at East West players. Um, you know, find, find the spaces where Asian Americans are, uh, able to self-define, you know, go see a show from, um, artists at play, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff here in, in Little Tokyo. I mean, I, I always refer to Little Tokyo as kind of, you know, what Harlem was to jazz, what, what, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, is, is what Little Tokyo has been for Asian American artists. You know, you have East West here, you have the, um, the longest running, uh, um, open mic poetry, open mic in, in Tuesday night project here. You have the only Asian American museum that is affiliated with the Smithsonian. You know, uh, there is, you know, there, there is so much culture here that, you know, you can support, engage and help these creative, um, move to the next level just by showing the demand for it. Yeah. And I just want to add a quick point, um, to that, like also be, um, excel at whatever you excel at. Like um, Marie Kondo being awesome at cleaning means that now <laughs> people get to play Marie Kondo, you know, in the next biopic or, or, you know, what being an awesome snowboarder. Now there's, there should be a movie about that. So yeah, totally. Yes, definitely. And I think, well, on that note, I think we are out of time for today. I want to thank you all so much for joining me on this conversation today. Thanks for thank having me. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Of course, or if you all had any last minute closing remarks for, please feel free to go for it. Well, um, uh, come see East West Players production of Assassins. This is uh, a musical uh, by Stephen Sondheim, who recently passed away. It is running uh, uh, through March 20th, I believe, uh, unless it extends, and hopefully it extends. Uh, But this is an opportunity to see uh, a lot of people of color in roles that uh, uh, weren't necessarily written for Asian Americans, but take on new levels of meaning when they are portrayed by people of color. All righty. Sounds amazing. Okay. Assassins at East West Players. Oh, sure. I'm going to write that down right now, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Support storytelling. Go hear stories. Storytelling is the most important thing that human beings do. Go hear stories in any way, in any form that you can. Read them, hear them, watch them, tell stories. Big, big thank you to Steve Jun, Andy Lowe, Kelvin Han Yi, and Joy Regulano for this fabulous discussion. To learn more and connect online with our amazing guests, as well as to the East-West players, go to our website, madisonontheair.com, to the page for our bonus feature, Cato and the History of Asian Americans in Hollywood. Thanks for listening!